broadcasting live from TOFUTV.ca. This one's for you. Tonight, Pride Month is canceled. It's Patriarchy Month. Drag Queen Storytime in rural Ontario. What do sex workers and the public sector union have in common? The Benedict Option. Your best bet to escape the madness and return to tradition. You're going to get a chance to join the conversation by phone or Discord chat. Because this one's for you. Broadcasting live from TOFUTV.ca every Monday night at 7 p.m. This one's for you. My name is Pete. Thanks for joining the show. Return to tradition. That's the idea of the show because it's it's getting crazy out there, guys. It's getting crazy out there. Wouldn't you agree? There is all sorts of crazy stuff going on, and we're going to get to it, and I have a bit of a solution, and I'm hoping you'll be able to join in the conversation as well. So later on today, we're going to be kicking off Patriarchy Month. I'm taking your dad's stories, your dad jokes, your fatherly advice, or even just a blurb about how your dad is the best dad. It's it's my way of counterbalancing. It's a way to to give you something positive to interact with as opposed to, you know, the circus that's going on around us. You can doom scroll all day or you could call me up and we can have a good conversation. You know what I mean? So, you can send submissions to the website. Everything you need to get in contact with me is there at tofutv.ca. That's the website. I like to show you it at the beginning of every episode. Here's all the ways to get in contact with me. That's the email right there. This one's for you. TV at gmail.com. And then this is this is the support tab. Tippy stream. I don't know if it's gonna send me an uh, uh if it's gonna send me uh a notification, but Buy Me A Coffee does send me notifications, and I have to thank Red. Red, thank you very much. He just sent me four coffees, which is 20 bucks, so thanks, bud. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that, and uh, it really helps out. It really does. It really does these days, you know? I mean, that's, that's a liter of gas almost. Here we go. This is the one I wanted to tell you about, really, though. It's Subscribestar. It is... Oh, yeah. You gotta be 18 to watch this show. (laughs) But uh, here's Subscribestar. 
And the idea behind Subscribestar is it's a based Patreon. It would be very appreciated if you could sign up for whatever amount. I don't want to grift too hard, but if I could get some sort of revenue stream going off of this, it's really going to help out my stress levels. I'll be able to do more. Anyways, yeah. I'm going to try and do like a Teespring shop and get like Reject Modernity and then TofuTV.ca on the back. Do stuff like that, you know? I'm going to try and get stuff like that going so we can... Uh, boost the show a little bit hey if you want to boost your show if you got an outlet if you got an instagram uh, a youtube channel send in your advertisement i'll play it during the break 15 to 30 seconds we'll put it in the break for free because this show is for you Talking about crazy stuff because we got to get back to tradition right so canada celebrates I don't even want to say it, man. Here's the first from not the bee. It's not the Babylon bee. Canada celebrates vulva and vagina day without mentioning anyone who owns a vagina. They didn't even say the word woman. Not once. This is from uh, Jessica Swentinowski. I hope I said that right. She's uh, Dr. Panessi's like secretary or something like that. Uh, a liberal loon announced that May 31st is Canada's Vulva and Vagina Day. Yep. Vulva and Vagina Day. All right, let's just get right to the craziness. I'm just going to show you the clip. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Vaginas and vulvas are a source of strength, empowerment, and pleasure. Yet throughout our lives, we've been taught that the terms vulva and vagina do not have a place in polite conversation. That's one more way that the bodies of over half the world's population are stigmatized, sexualized, and objectified. With the recent news in the United States regarding Roe versus Wade, conversations about sexual and reproductive health are more important than ever. And it's How does this have anything to do with Canada? We need to reclaim space in health. Research, politics, policy... Anyways, VJJ Day. We got a day for vaginas now. Yep, that's uh, that's the first one I wanted to show you. It, it just keeps getting worse from there, guys. It Seriously, it just keeps getting worse from there. They didn't say the word woman. Not once. Huh. <sighs> We got a couple people in the chat that I want to give a shout out to. Jay Semp, name 101. Kirk is in the chat. I saw Shrinks. I saw Shrinks. That's how you pronounce it. Can make a meme out of that one now. I saw Shrinks in the chat and Kangaroo Optimus Prime over on uh, Odyssey. Thanks for being there. As well as Foam Fatal. Foam Fatal. It gets worse from there, guys. I am sorry. I am sorry. BGB in the chat. What's up? I am sorry, guys. It gets worse from there. Not only do we got Vagina Day. That's what the ladies did with their month. You know, Mother's Day is month of May. That's what they did with their month. We also got Sex Workers Day. It's really, it is a slippery slope. They call that a fallacy, but it's, it's not a fallacy in the slightest. We went from Labor Day to Sex Workers Day. And how long? Is 
worker day. A day to celebrate what sex day is? Sex workers for sex workers. Uh -oh. On June 2nd, let's celebrate sex workers and end the stigma. Sex work is work. <sighs> That's a whole argument in its own. If uh, sex work is work or not. That's a whole other conversation. I'm not looking to have that conversation right now. I'm just looking to point out how absurd this is. We had Vagina Day and then Sex Worker Day all announced in our parliament within days of each other. It's, it actually turns out hookers get two days. They get two days. Yeah, she probably does have an OnlyFans. She kind of looks like it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know why. I do not know why this is on the Opsu website. But it is. International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers is December 17th, according to this, to this blurb. It's... So they get two days. I'm just... I saw this and I was wondering, what would... Like, why does Ops... That's the Ontario Public Sector Union. Why are they concerned with sex, sex workers? Are they looking to unionize them? What would a hooker union meeting look like? What would they be... Like, what would happen? What would happen? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a slippery slope. First, you have Pride Day, then you have Pride Month, then all of a sudden, the top two women cyclists are men. And I got a great blurb from Alex. He goes by Transplender on, uh, on uh, Twitter here. Basically, two men kiss as they celebrate stealing first and second place in a woman's race. Woman takes care of her child as she stands on the third place she has been relegated to due to the male cheats. Okay, now, this is the best way it could be described. From Alex, at Transplender on Twitter. The story of two women who were born as men, who became women, fell in love, so they became gay women, and overcame the stigma of men who become gay women in women's sports. What do you even do with that? Like, what? So this is uh, from Redux.info. It's a feminist site, but they're like they're turfs, so they're kind of on our side in a in a weird, weird way. Biological males take top two spots in inclusive women's cycling division. I want to show you their uh, their header. Look at that. It's kind of neat. I kind of like it. They're feminists, but they're turfs. Trans exclusionary radical feminists. Biological males take 
top two spots in inclusive women's cycling division. Feminists are expressing outrage after two men seized the top spots in UK's largest fixed gear cycling race. Emily and Lily, both trans-identified males, took first and second spot, respectively, at Thunder Crit Race in Herney Hill Ver Velodome in uh, London. Velodrome. I'm not from England. Anyways, it's just, it's a weird scene. All these articles in the, in the show notes. Okay, so the other day I was going through McDonald's and uh, Tranny gave me my coffee and it threw me right off. Threw me right off, I'm not gonna lie. I had to get that one out there. The only way this stuff stops is if good dudes start speaking up. That's the only way it stops. When people say stuff like this, you need to speak up. You need to speak up. Should you take your kids to a pride parade? No. It's that easy. No. See? All right. This lady went on and on and on and on. <laughs> and if you uh, if you just do one of these, this is what I like to do. All right, when you read headlines like this, this is what I like to do. First, you you cop, you you highlight it, then you go search Google, and then you go images, and then you nod your head and you realize what's going on here. Okay, I get it. I get it. <sighs> if you're in podcast land, it's a, it's clearly a, a radical feminist telling you you should take your kids to Pride Day, Pride parades, and uh, you know expose them to dudes doing helicopter dicks. If you don't think there's anything wrong with this, a reminder that this culture goes hand in hand. With this, back to the feminist site. You might have heard of this one already. It's making a lot of news. Children tipped drag queens during performance at gay bar in Texas. This has set people off. People have been set off because of this. And, and I think this is the one that might be like the turf Reichstag fire. <laughs> they might have a, a point with this one, man. They might actually get somewhere with this. Videos of drag queens performing provocatively for an audience of children at a bar are going viral on Twitter, prompting massive backlash and raising concerns about child safeguarding. This happened on June 4th in Texas. It was called Drag the Kids to Pride. Once again, all you got to do is go, no. No. Uh, it was on Eventbrite, and these things sell out. That's the thing that blows my mind, is these things sell out. <sighs> so, all right. If you go in the show notes... You can watch the stripper routine that they did for the kids, but we're just going to scoop by that because I don't want to show you it and I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, hard no. Pilot Mike gets it. Hard no. 
<laughs> but okay, so this is the cool part. This is what you got to see and you got to understand. This is why we need to return to tradition. Because what happened was about 80 people and the police showed up and had the children removed. All right, let's, let's watch this because it's, uh, it's a good scene. See? So basically, they showed up, they caused a stink, and it made it so that the cops had to show up. They had to. They had to show up. So why do I bring this Texas thing up? Because, you know, people stepped in, the authorities were called, and the kids were saved. And guess what, guys? It's happening in my frickin' hometown. It's not where I live right now, so I'm alright with showing you this. But, this is my hometown. This is their public library. Just a couple, couple doors down by, from some people I know. Drag Queen Storytime. Yeah, it gets even better than that. It's not just my hometown, guys. It's yours, too. It's yours, too. It's happening in Ajax. It happened in Ajax already. Brock, Pickering, Uxbrig, Skugog, Oshawa, Clarington, Whitby. It's here, guys. It's here. So what do you say about that? We got some uh, got some comments going on in the chat. I'm gonna I'm gonna read them and then we're gonna go to break. Got Almighty Nietzsche warned about the herd mindset. That is old world archaic thinking. Yeah. Let's see what we got going on in. Uh, so, okay, yeah, big uh, thank you over to Red. He's in the Discord right now hanging out, and he sent the first uh, Super Chats of the night. So thank you very much, Red. All right, yeah, so next. Yeah, and name 101. You are 100% correct, 100% correct. This is the normalization of pedophilia. That is 100% what is going on here. And uh, if you don't speak up now, it's going to get really weird. If all this is getting too much for you and you feel like you need like you need to escape, you want to like go out in the woods and detach from society, I actually have a great option for you next. Because this one is for you. Actually, one second. I'm going to tell Jerubal, head over to... Uh, to YouTube. That's where most of it's going down, bud. Alright. This one's for you, Jerubal. Every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This one's for you. It goes live. Time, time to be time heard, to be heard, Canada. Canada. Caller, you're on the air. Who is this? Who am I talking This to? show is for you. No more corporate mainstream media telling you what to think and what to say. This one's for you. Available live at tofutv.ca. This one's this one's the only online talk show giving you the chance to call in and be heard. This one's for you, you streaming live every Monday at tofutv.ca.
It's not racist at all. No, not at all. It comes from China. That's why. It comes from China. I want to be accurate. This one's for you. It's the show for you every Monday night, 7 p.m. Lots of people in the chat. Got a shout out to Andrew. We got a shout out to Zadul. Brian, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you being there. Sign up for the subscribe star. Be a buddy. <laughs> That's all at TOFUTV.ca. If you're on the podcast, everybody's looking at a meme right now. It says corporations on June First, look at me. I'm the gay now. <laughs> it's true. I mean, like, check this out. Here's a great Freudian slip. This is from Everyman Jack, and I have to admit, I like their shampoo. I didn't know they were all troons before I, uh, I bought it. They have great shampoo, but they have terrible marketing. Here's their tweet they put out the other day on June 1st. <laughs> Pride is a time to celebrate LGBTQI+. Man, they, they, everybody has their own amalgamation of confederation of whatever you want to call it. LGBT, LMNOP, MOUSC community and continue to push for a world filled with equality, freedom, justice, and inclusivity. And then you, you can see if you're listening on the podcast in the future, it says groom with pride, every man Jack. You really didn't think that one out, guys. You really didn't. <laughs> Whoever did that to you, they I bet you there was somebody in the in the there was somebody in the in the marketing department who was just like, yeah, I'm going to get these fuckers. I'm going to get them. <laughs> they got them. They got them good. All right. Just going to clean up my palette here because I got so many links open and it screws me up when I do this. So, all right. Oh, yeah, that's what we were going to do. That's what we're going to do. It's time now for your BNN Base News Network News Minute Now. For the BNN Base News Network, my name's Pete. It's 724, and archaeologists uncover companies' rainbow logos from Sodom and Gomorrah, Israel. 
Archaeologists excavating the Jordan Rift Valley have uncovered what they believe are the rainbow logos used by companies to promote Pride Month in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Samples have been sent to the University of Cambridge for further analysis and, if verified, could prove to be one of the most obvious finds in biblical history. It's kind of a big news story that we found the exact location of Sodom and Gomorrah, Dr. Henrietta Toombs told journalists with National Geographic magazine. But the quality of the artifacts we've found also indicate super perverted society of groomers, which was to be expected. According to the Israel Antiquities Authority, researchers have unearthed special edition LGBT wheels, casks of pride wine, and rainbow-colored pottery vessels that once contained fig cakes. In addition, a slew of nude statues were discovered in Sodom's town square, which the experts are calling remarkably gay. At publishing time, archaeologists also believe they found the remains of Zoar, another of the ancient cities of the plain, of which Sodom and Gomorrah were a part. Unfortunately, the artifacts found were shockingly homophobic. This has been your Base News Network News Minute Now. Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so that was uh, that was a Babylon Bee article that I found. I had to share it with you because, you know, how else do you make fun of these demoralized and degenerate folks in our society? That's from Name101 over on YouTube. Thanks for being there, bud. Let's get some music going again. Why don't we do some elevator music? Yeah. So, yeah, it's Pride Month, and Trudeau announced it. And I just want to show you this. Okay, first we're going to do this. I'm being a little more casual tonight because I know Rage isn't coming on until 9 o'clock, so we're just going to chill. I'm going to try and get off before, like, quarter after 8, all right? Anyways, I won't play the whole thing, but I want to show you this. Screw that. We don't need to hear him. But look at him here. Look at him here. Is he is is he yacht?d Is I think he's yacht,ed guys. I think he's straight up strished. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. Yeah, yeah. Somebody did a pile. Again. All right. I got a great picture of him that I wanted to show you, and I'll let you judge for yourself. Is our prime minister on cocaine? Is he? I think it's possible. I think it's pretty, pretty possible. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's on a little bit, a little bit of drugs. All right. Who knows what drugs? Maybe it's just painkiller. <sighs> Anyways, yeah. It's Pride Month, and here are the best ways to celebrate Pride Month from the Babylon Bee. Repent. <laughs> Read all the verses in your Bible that mention pride and then repent again. 
participate in ceremonial exchange of the Ukrainian flag profile pick for the rainbow flag profile pick. Buy a Mustang, put some frogs in water treated with government chemicals. It'll make them gay. <laughs> Buy a Mustang. I just got that. <laughs> yeah, it makes you pretty gay. Sorry, Adam. I am sorry. It's a, you got a Subaru now. You're more of a lesbian. <laughs> Use the urinal right next to another dude. Great way to celebrate Pride Month. Walk right into McDonald's. Just like kind of lean up on the divider while you're pissing and be like, Hey, how you doing, bud? <laughs> uh... Reclaim the rainbow as a symbol of God's promise to never flood the earth again. Then be really annoying by complimenting all the gay people for embracing the Noahic Covenant. Listen to some gay artists like George Michael, Elton John, and Maroon 5. And go to your local library and host a Sodom and Gomorrah Genesis 19 reading hour. <laughs> I think that's the best one. Oh wait, the last one, again. Repent. All right. So uh, the reason why I keep going into uh, into religious stuff is because it's kind of where I wanted to go with this. If if what's happening these days is a little too much for you, what we have is called the Benedict Option, and it's something I really wanted to share because it's an interesting concept. You know, we are in a moment in time where we are seeing the forces of decay. The forces of empire collapse just uh, collude on us right now. And so, what is the solution? What is the solution? Well, you know, people are kind of stumbling on it themselves. And it turns out, it's the Benedict option. Now, this was written in 2013. And it was written for an American audience. So I want you to keep that in mind, but listen to this with our idea of like what's going on right now. Keep that in mind and uh, see what it makes you think. And hopefully I could get you to call in and, and we could talk a little bit. The Benedict option. Are we Rome? The last question that I just asked weighed on the minds of 2,000 libertarians who gathered this summer at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas to talk about whether America is headed the way of the Roman Empire. Bureaucratic decay, massive public debt, an overstretched military, a political system seemingly incapable of responding to challenges, the late Roman Empire suffered these maladies, and so some fear does contemporary America and Canada in this situation. If libertarians on the right worry about structural collapse, cultural and religious conservatives add a moral and spiritual dimension to the debate, riding hedonism, warning, uh, waning religious observance, ongoing breakup of the family and general loss of cultural coherence to traditionalists. These are the signs of a dark future and a dark age from long ago. Christians have been here before. 
Around the year 500, a generation after barbarians deposed the last Roman emperor, a young Umbrian man known to history only as Benedict was sent to Rome by his wealthy parents to compete, complete his education. Disgusted by the city's decadence, Benedict fled to the forest to pray as a hermit. Benedict gained a reputation for his holiness and gathered other monks around him. Before dying, circa 547, he personally founded a dozen monastic communities and wrote his famous book rule it was the guidebook for scores of monasteries that spread across europe in the tumultuous centuries to follow rome's collapse meant staggering loss people forgot how to read how to farm how to govern themselves how to build houses how to trade even what it had once meant to be a human being behind monastery walls though in their chapels, scriptoriums, and refractories, Benedict monks built lives of peace, order, and learning, and spread their network throughout Western Europe. They did not keep fruits of their labors to themselves. Benedictines taught the peasants who gathered around the monasteries the Christian faith, as well as practicing skills like farming, because monks of the order took a vow of stability, meaning they were sworn to stay in that place till they died. Benedictine monasteries emerged as islands of sanity and serenity. They were the basis from which European civilization gradually reemerged. It's hard to overstate what Benedict, now St. Benedict, and his followers accomplished. In the recent Thomas Merton lecture at Columbia, Columbia University, law professor Russell Hittinger summed up Benedict's lesson to the Dark Ages like this, how to live life as a whole, not life of worldly success so much as one of human success. What are medieval monks why, sorry, why are medieval monks relevant to our time? Because, say the moral philosophy, sorry, oh, yeah. one second here, guys. Here we go. Because, says the moral philosopher, uh, McIntyre, they show that it's, it's possible to construct new forms of community within which the moral life could be sustained in a dark age, including perhaps an age like our own. For McIntyre, we too are living through a fall of Rome-like catastrophe, one that is concealed by our liberty and prosperity. In, influential, in his influential 1981 book, After Virtue, McIntyre argued that the Enlightenment's failure to replace an expiring Christianity caused Western civilization to lose its moral coherence. Like the early medievals, we too have been cut off from our roots, a shadow of cultural amnesia falling across the land. The great forgetting is taking a particular toll on American Christianity which is losing its young in dramatic numbers. Those who remain within churches often succumb to a potent form of feel-good relativism. Sociologists have called moralistic therapeutic deism, which is dissolving historic Christian moral and theological orthodoxy. And you see that here in Canada with the pride flags under every flag that is... Uh, 
like almost every alliance or Unitarian church has a pride flag, right? So, and check this one out. A recent Pew study found that Jews in America are in even more advanced state of assimilation to secular modernity. All right. So if you think that Christianity is breaking down pretty hard, well, guess what? They think it's happening to them as well. The only Jews successfully resisting the orth- are the Orthodox, many of whom live in communities meaningfully separate and by traditions distinct from the world. So this gets into that argument by how do you defeat degeneracy? Well, you enrich your own culture and return to tradition. Is there a lesson here for Christians? Should they take what might be called the Benedict option? Communal withdrawal from the mainstream for sake of sheltering one's faith and family from corrosive modernity and cultivating a more traditional way of life? Progressive evangelicals are engaged in a widely publicized lay movement called new monasticism, which typically involves single adults, sometimes families, living in intentional communities. All right, he just goes on and on to to explain how like it's happening in some rural communities across the United States. The idea that I wanted to bring up here is that there is a direct analog between what the Benedict option prescribes and what people who have latched on to, let's say, the Diagalon meme or even just prepping in general there is there is an analog there and it's happening because because people are they want out they want out so what i want to ask you phone lines are open what i want to ask you is the benedict option viable in the 21st century is there an analog between the benedict option and diagonal it seems that it's the logical next step Either that or the fighting is going to break out. We're already seeing it in the mainstream media. This article here I got, it conflates evangelical Christians and the megachurch type with traditionalists. And then what it does is it paints the whole group, the whole idea of someone wanting to reject modernity as, as a lunatic fringe idea. Check this out. This is from the States. All right, so I'm gonna show it to you from this angle. Why Christian nationalism, no, is suddenly at the forefront as conservative movement continues its embrace of religious extremism, media outlets are taking note. Essentially, they're trying to shame Christians. And that's what it looks like south of the border. But up here, and this one might might surprise you, it might not. Here it is being done at home by none other than Dean Blundell. And I've archived this link because that dude lives off of clicks. So here is his article. And there's something really amazing that I got to show you here. Let me just change the music up real quick because that was pretty shitty music. There we go. All right. 
No, sudden adult death syndrome is not a real thing. It's just religious crazies looking for medical freedom. It's the religious crazies, guys. It's the crazies. They're all religious if they're crazy, according to him. It's the religious crazies. Now, here's no sudden adult death syndrome is not a real thing. Now, check this out, guys. This is his first piece of, of evidence. The wind, there is such a clear window into the anti-vax mind. This person apparently just found out about sudden adult death syndrome. Did you get that? Did you get what happened there? The guy, it's in his headline. It says, no, sudden adult death syndrome is not a, not a thing. Then he writes this thing about how Christians are assholes. And then he posts somebody saying, this person just found about sudden adult death syndrome. Okay, now let's go down to the bottom of the, oh, oh there, oh, 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 there it is. <laughs> that's called, that's called a correction. The fucker had to correct it. Uh, so sudden arrhythmic death syndrome is when someone dies suddenly and unexpectedly from cardiac arrest, but the cause of cardiac arrest can't be found. So you see what's happened there? The article contradicts the headline immediately. I thought it was a gag, and then I saw the editor's note at the bottom. Guys, that's your brain on atheism. That's what happens when you don't have a structured moral system. You start making stupid mistakes like that. So if you want to call me up, name 101. You're in the chat. You're uh, talking a whole lot. So if you want to call me up, 705-482-5609. Anything that I've spoken about lately pique your interest just call me up let's have a chat about it 705-482-5609 i'm gonna go over to the different chats and see what everybody is saying and then we're gonna take a quick break yeah name 101 everyone needs to just be cool like johnny depp do some ayahuasca oh and just chill out. <laughs> All right, we got a caller. Hey, caller, you're on the air. How's it going? Who's this? How's it going? What's this up? This is Taylor. Taylor, what's going on, bro? Hey, buddy. So I just uh, I missed some of your stuff. Got off work, but um, get in catching. Uh, I'm a Christian kind of thing myself, and. Uh, and yeah, noticing it, this lack of religion and, and faith and all that, and you, not having a compass to kind of guide you, and you see this rise with all this LGBT trans stuff with kids. Um, I'm sure you probably spoke about the Ontario newsletter there, or the flyer that's being passed around, and they're trying to bring kids out to engage with transvestites and everything like that. It, no, I didn't hear about that one. I was I was kind of in la la land trying to get in the get the show prepared with the different uh, material I had gotten over the week. I what I did see was that there was a flyer going out that in every damn near every small town north of the GTA is, is yeah having, yeah they're having drag queen story story hours. So so what's this flyer you were talking about? Is that the same thing? No, no that's. That's the one. Yeah. 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 yeah that's it. Yeah. That's, and that's then I noticed. And, 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 uh, it's funny. All these, there's tons of coincidences and stuff all the time with all this stuff, but now you got this monkey pox going around 
And uh, we got a Vancouver doctor talking on the state radio about how it's it's basically it's transmitted between homosexuals kind of thing with man yeah. on man butt sex. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's a butt sex disease. That's it's a one hundred percent is, and and it's crazy how you know we can't we. Oh, I got somebody else calling. Uh, okay. You know what? I'll I'll take their call afterwards. Or. All right, I guess you left. Well, you can you can draw me. I'm good. I, I just wanted to kind of mention mention bring that up. How they're kind of it, it, it's funny the correlation between the two, um, and it's just funny the timing. No, you're you're 100 right. They can call back. You know what? This is that's unprofessional. They got to call back. Uh, you're 100 right. The thing that that um, you know, you're you're right. I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. That was the first time two people had called out once on this show. <laughs> all hot and bothered now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, I appreciate the call, the call, and I think you're correct. I think you're correct. It's weird how they're they're uh, trying to get kid, kids into this, and the only way we're going to get out of it is by finding uh, like a moral solution, like a, a structure, yeah. and yeah. and whether or not it's it's Christianity, it has there has to be a a moral structure to it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't care what, what you believe in or whatever, but as long as it, it keeps you on a proper moral, moral path kind of thing going forward. A hundred percent, hundred percent. You said your name was Taylor. Yeah. Thanks man. I appreciate the call. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you. You have a good night. Bye. All right. So we got our other caller. Oh, buddy. Call in again. Do that again. I just hung up on you, bud. I gotta, I gotta figure something better out here. I got Warrior in the garden. He is in uh, hanging out in the chat on uh, FaceTime. Uh, sorry, what's it called? Fox, Foxhole. All right. Whoever was trying to call, you can call back now, and then we're gonna hit the the break. Rob Primo in the chat. Okay, four oh three. Four oh three. You are on the air. I got you. What's up, man? Hey, man. Yeah, calling from Alberta. You're doing a great job. Thank you very much. I like you. I like what you're doing. Followed you. Jeremy for uh, many, many years and uh, for like three years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, man. Cool. So I guess I guess you uh, you you uh, came over here from his interview and uh, you're hanging out. You're hanging out. Part of the part yeah. Of the I'm getting now. a little vibration. I'm 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 listening to myself. Three seconds after I listen to you, so oh yeah, uh, you got to turn I'll, that I'll down. I'll deal with it. I'll yeah. deal with it. So, uh, <laughs> so w what are the topics making you think tonight, man? What do you uh, what do you think about what's going on here? Is uh, have you noticed any oh, of it happening out by you? Um, well, we're we're seeing uh, it's a little bit of a slowdown right now because uh, Kenny's in a state of flux, but mm -hmm. um, I. Oh, you're breaking up. I'm just letting me turn this shit down. Okay. There right. we go. Yeah, no. So, so as far as I can see, like people I talk to and customers and whatnot, we're all on the same page that this is where we, this is, this is really, really screwed. And we have a thing called, uh, the Western, what's it called here? Initiative. It's a prosperity, Alberta prosperity initiative. 
Okay, Alberta Prosperity Initiative. Do you have a, a website or, or any information no, you could I, give well, out? Well, I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not a proponent of it, but uh, but I do see it's a chance. Uh, people are like a, a huge groundswell of people are talking about uh, the separation idea of uh, Alberta. We got to separate ourselves from Ottawa. There's no other. If we uh, subject ourselves to this system that we exist in. Uh, there's no way to get out of this because obviously Ottawa, as a as a ruling uh, body over all of us, is uh, a no win situation, right? So right. So I've pulled it up here. The APP, Alberta Prosperity Project. It's an independent. There you go. Cool. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that's an op- that's an option. They're playing it out. Like I mean, if, like uh, 30, 40 years ago, we were all involved in a WCC, which is a with the same kind of idea. Um, you know, I mean, the idea that we have to have some, like, this can go, it can go sideways too. If you have a, if you have a, like we, so we always say, well, we should try to do something like, like Quebec. Mm-hmm. But if you have the wrong leaders in, as they do in Quebec, then now you're screwed too, right? So you have to keep a very tight rein on something like this, right? No, for sure. I agree. You know, um, someone you might be interested, you're probably already familiar with him, is uh, Mike Phillip of American Uck Radio. Have you listened to him? Oh, Mike Phillip. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's, I, I, he's good I've stuff. listened to him. And, yeah, right yeah. up your alley, man. Absolutely. Yeah, right up your alley. He's, <laughs> a, he's that type of guy, and he's really, every day he's talking about that, and I definitely want to give him a shout-out. Uh, American Uck Radio. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every day yeah. talking about that, but he's more of a proponent of heading uh, of of joining as the fifty first state. But uh, no, thank you. And for, there is a movement here. There, they they went went through rural Alberta with the fifty first state stuff. Yeah, they, they did that last year, and uh, uh, Kessler there was a Kessler involved. He was the kind of the head of the main. The I think he was the candidate to it. There's yeah. a massive, but the, um, on one hand. That's a problem with us is that we have a huge amount of all different kinds of organizations here. We're so separated and divided. Where the look at what the left does, they're all on the same freaking page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, when, they organize when push well. Push comes to shove, they get all get on the same page. They don't even give a shit. And you know that's what that comes down to, though. That are, that's money, man. That's money. That's what that is. Organization <laughs> equals money. What did oh, you no, say your name was? Like in there, uh, uh, what? Well, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. Sorry, sorry, you may cut you off. What did you say your name was? Oh, you're cutting out. You're cutting out. I got to get to break, though. I got to get to break. I got to move on. I appreciate the call, bud. I oh, really sure. do. Yeah. All right. You have yourself a good night, all right? Oh, I think he's gone. That was my bud out in Alberta. And he has a great idea. I mean, you know, in Alberta, that's the logical next step is separation. I mean, you can't, this isn't sustainable. You cannot sustain a whole country off the, the fruits of, of one province. It's going to go bad. It's going to go bad. So what's, what is the solution? The solution is to return to tradition. And we'll do that next. This one's for you. This one's for you. We'll always try to be the show for you. 
But if you require a trigger warning, then this show is definitely not for you. Be gone, sucks! You can direct all your complaints to the complaint department directly around the corner and up your fucking ass. This one's for you. Finally, a show for you. That's a unique question. Jagmeet, don't sell out, bro. Don't sell out. Where you going? You're selling out, Having a great night. Good riddance, you anti-LGBT bigots. If you're in podcast land, they're waving goodbye to, to Noah's Ark. <laughs> Probably not going to work out the way you hoped. We need to return to tradition. Father's Day is being taken away. It's literally being taken away. That's why we'll be celebrating Patriarchy Month all month. Get your phones ready for that. I was not being hyperbolic when they said, when I said they want to take Father's Day away. I just want to show you this and let you infer what you may. All right. Father's Day is June 19th. Juneteenth. Slavery Emancipation Day in the States. It's also on Father's Day. I'm not going to make the joke. I am not going to make the joke. Yep. You can, though. I wasn't really sure how to set this joke up here. It's not much of a joke, actually. I wasn't sure how to set this up. Feels like a joke. Queen Victoria portrait facing uncertain future amid debate about colonial symbols. So, okay, basically what is happening here is the article shows that there's some strange war going on with our history, especially out west. You see it happening in Toronto with Ryerson University being renamed. You see it happening at George Brown College. They just recently forced their staff to... uh, declare that they were the beneficiaries of colonialism or something like that it was just terrible it's just terrible anyways we keep getting told that our history is something to be ashamed of 
but it's not entirely true. I have this article, this next one. I'm going to read through an excerpt and lead the rest for you in the show notes because we're running a little late. I want to try and cap us off at around 8.15, uh, I'm going to go through this excerpt. It was quite controversial when it came out. It's called The Case for Colonialism. And uh, this editor's note comes from exactly one year ago today. So this is in uh, National Association of Scholars, and they have, uh, sorry, National Association of Scholars member Bruce Gilley's article, The Case for Colonialism, went through a double-blind a double blind peer review and was published in the Third World Quarterly in 2017. It provoked enormous controversy and generated two separate petitions signed by thousands of academics demanding that it would be retracted, that TWQ apologize, and that the editor or editors responsible for its publication be dismissed. 15 members of the journal's 34-member editorial board also resigned in protest. Uh, the publisher issued a detailed explanation of the peer review process that the article had undergone, countering accusations of poorly executed pseudo-scholarship in the words of the petitions. But serious threats of violence against the editor led the journal to withdraw the article both in print and online. Gilly was also personally and professionally attacked and received death threats. For this article, guys. For this article. I gotta check Discord. Hey, Julius Squeeza. What's going on? All right, so this article is pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy, so uh, I'm just going to read a couple pages of the inter uh, introduction, and then I got another point from it that I want you guys to hear. So here you go. For, last for the last hundred years, Western colonialism has had a bad name. Colonialism has virtually disappeared from international affairs, and there is no easier way to discredit a political idea or opponent than to raise the cry of colonialism. When South African opposition politician Helen Zilli tweeted in 2017 that Singapore's success was in part attributed to its ability to build on the valuable aspects of colonial heritage, she was vilified by the press, disciplined by by her party and put under investigation by the country's Human Rights Commission. And it's, it is high time to reevaluate this pejorative meaning. The notion that colonialism is always and everywhere a bad thing needs to be rethought in the light of the grave human toll of a century of anti-colonial regimes and policies. The case for Western colonialism is about rethinking the past as well as improving the future. It involves reaffirming the primacy of human lives, universal values, and shared responsibilities. The, civili uh, the civilizing mission without scare quotes that led to improvements in living conditions for most third world peoples during most episodes of Western colonialism. 
It also involves learning how to unlock those benefits again. Western and non-Western countries should reclaim the colonial toolkit and language as a part of their commitment to effective governance and internal order. There are three ways to reclaim colonialism. One is for governments and people in developing countries to replicate as far as possible the colonial governance of their past. A second way is to recolonize some regions. Western countries should be encouraged to hold power in specific governance areas. And then thirdly, in some instances, it may be possible to build new Western colonies from scratch. Colonialism can return only with consent of the colonized. Yet now that, that the nationalist generation that forced sudden decolonization on hapless populations has passed away, the time it might be right. So uh, this guy here documented how the founding figures of Western colonialism in Africa are, are enjoying a resurgence of official and social respect in those countries now that romanticized pre-colonial and disappointing post-colonial approaches to governance have lost their sheen. In, uh, in a word, Somalia, you know, <laughs> like, or Congo, you know. What they uh, tend to say is, when are the Belgians coming back? That's the truth of colonialism. And so the last part of this article I want to hear, I want you to hear about is the cost of anti-colonialism because you don't hear this. You do not hear this in, uh, in the universities right now. It's hard to overstate the pernicious effects of global anti-colonialism on domestic and international affairs since the end of World War II. Anti-colonialism ravaged countries as nationalist elites mobilized illiterate populations with appeals to destroy the market economies, pluralistic and constitutional politics, uh, politities, sorry, and rational policy processes of European colonizers. In our age of apology for atrocities, one of the many conspicuous silences that has been an apology has been an apology for the many atrocities visited upon the third world Oh, wow, guys. This guy's wordy. All right, basically he's saying that nobody's talking about the, the atrocities that have happened by the Marxists who are trying to decolonize third world countries. And there's one country uh, called Guinea-Bissau. I think I'm saying that right. It's on the west of Africa. They had a guy named uh, Amilcar Cabral in launching a guerrilla war against the Portuguese colonial, uh, colonial rule in 1963. Uh, Cabral insisted that it was necessary to totally destroy, to break, to reduce to ash all aspects of colonial state in our country in order to make everything possible for our people. He took aim at a successful colonial state that had quadrupled rice production and initiated uh, sustained gains in life expectancy since bringing in the territory under their control since 1936. In his own words, he was never able to 
mobilize the people on the basis of the struggle against colonialism. Instead, what he did was he got Cuba, Russia, and Czechoslovakia, uh, and also some economical assistance from Sweden. So basically, he got he got guns and missiles from Cuba, Russia, and Czechs. And then he got money from the the Swiss, and he started a war in his own country that killed 15,000 people out of a population of 600,000, displaced 150,000. And then after they declared liberation, everything started to deteriorate. This is in West Africa in the 70s. By the 80s, 10,000 people had died. Rice production had fallen more than 50%. Uh, Politics became a a gong show. It was a cantankerous din of former revolutions, uh, in the words of Forrest, who's this uh, revolutionary guy, Cabral's half-brother. He became president after Cabral and unleashed a secret police on the tiny opposition because politics was just too, it was too, you know, too much of a, an issue. So this is all happening in West Africa in uh, the 80s. A tenth of the remaining population uh, set sail for Sengal. Uh, the Cambralian one-party state expanded to 15,000 employees, which was 10 times as big as the Portuguese administration at its peak. Confused Marxist scholars blamed legacies of colonialism, the weather, and Israel. So, uh, that's, that's what decolonialization is uh, basically what you see is the further they got away from what you could call a Eurocentric colonial tradition, like what we're supposed to have here in Canada. You know, you walk downtown Toronto, you see it everywhere. That's colonialism. Well, the further they got away from that, like we are right now by putting the Queen's picture in a in a closet in Victoria, BC, the, the island that is named after her, the further that we, that we get away from that, the further we're going to fall into chaos. These traditions hold us together. Those traditions, they're uh, based on a collision of, of uh, Christian and pagan worlds. And the study of that, of, of tradition, it's called traditionalism. So here's a brief summary of traditionalism. I know I'm getting wordy. I get it. Traditionalism fundamentally rejects the interpretation of history, namely that mankind lived for age upon age in superstitious ignorance, which through the dawning of light of reason, he emerged about the Renaissance and continued an upward trend to ever greater liberty and understanding. The traditionalist would say that there would be nothing strange in reading medieval thinkers and judging that they were actually correct in their assumptions and that enlightenment thinkers are wrong. Traditionalists do not necessarily always say that. The fundamental traditionalist principle is that truth, which includes morality, is both knowable and unchanging, finite. 
The medievals were not necessarily right, but neither were they necessarily wrong. And the men of the Enlightenment were not necessarily wrong or necessarily right. They are both shown to be correct or mistaken on the exact same grounds. It's contextual, other words. Now, the dominant post-Enlightenment philosophy is generally called liberalism, characterized by secular government. The idea that metaphysical ideas ought to be kept out of government and left up to, uh, up to the individual. Religious agnosticism or pluralism, uh, democracy, and the idea of natural and equal rights, among other things. So, basically, secularism. This has since branched into numerous different contradictory, sorry, contradictory camps, which we today call conserva- uh, conservatism, libertarianism, liberalism slash progressivism, and so on. This is what liberalism has basically. They're saying in this that if that if you're a conservative, in scare quotes, you're still a liberal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What you have to do is look at things through a a lens of reason. The traditionalist rejects the philosophy as a whole. He aims at many of the same pragmatic goals as the conservative or libertarian, as in limited government, protection for the individual, as well as many of the stated goals of progressives, as in care for the poor. But he would make his case different on the grounds and would carry his point further. For instance, the traditionalist rejects the idea of official neutrality on religious and moral matters. The idea that there is or can be a purely secular government. The reason is that laws and principles of government include the principle of religious neutrality itself. Sorry. The reason that is that laws and principles of government, including the, the principle of religious neutrality itself, must have some form of justification, which in turn requires a system of values and understanding of the natural world, world which in fact happens in an, an officially secular state, is... Basically, the state advances a particular philosophy as, it, as its established creed while tolerating individual s- dissent, uh, which basically leads us to this state where anything goes. It's a dangerous state. It means that the official philosophy can never be clearly defined or debated to even raise the question is to violate the state's official neutrality. The result is that the neutral position, whatever it is, is the most powerful thing that you can have. So the end result to state secularity is abortion and no prayer in public schools. That is where you're going to go. If you do not have a set of values you're gonna end up in the state that we are in right now okay so i'm sorry for making you sit through that guys but traditionalism is important it should be clear that there uh, that this is not necessarily an argument for any particular creed or confessional state it is only to argue that there must be an official creed 
you need to have a value system, even if it's general deism, there must be an official established moral system which the state holds itself subjective to. Again, this does not preclude freedom of religion, but it sets clear limits and standards on the state's actions. Without this, you end up with drag queen story time. So what are your traditions? We're running late. It's a wordy episode. Let's see if people are still with me after that. Yeah. Whoa. Let's see. I'm going to refresh. You guys actually still with me after that? Little comment in the chat would be great. Yeah. I got lots of people still with me. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so what are your traditions? We need to re uh, re resurrect tradition in order to, to get through this madness. 705-482-5609 your personal traditions, family traditions. Maybe you have a unique family tradition. To me, what tradition really means is a way of living that provides structure and right now can act as a buttress against what we see going on around us, which is interesting because that's exactly what a father does. A good dad looks at all the shit that's going around us and teaches you to laugh. Let's see if I could get this link pulled up. Yeah, all right. Before we head to the break, this is something that a good dad would say, listen, man, it's just craziness. Just laugh. Burger King's Pride Whoppers come with two tops or two bottoms. It's kind of funny, but it's degenerate. It's degenerate and stupid. Why Why are all these companies advertising butt sex? It's weird. It's weird. And at the same time, they've managed to etymologically link the word liberal to the word faggot. It's the greatest accomplishment of the progressive. It's 100% interchangeable. Try it for yourself. I got a caller. Caller, what's up? Hello. How you doing, man? What's up? What's going on? Hey, good, 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 good. Uh, you're asking about traditions. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what's yeah, your uh, I, uh, family traditions and stuff? Uh, well, my grandpa was in uh, landing at D-Day. So every uh, every D-Day, uh, I used to call him when he was alive. But uh, me and my dad call each other. Him and his brother call each other. And we just say, hey, how's it going? Right on. That, in the that's of all this today, is it not? Shit. What's that? D-Day. That was today or was it the 4th? Yeah, yeah. Today. Well, it's, I'm pretty sure it was today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. So all this G LGBTQ bullshit that you know yeah. is flying around, it just like kind of squeezes it all out, eh? I'd and uh, and I just, I just read it second second year in the row that uh, Biden didn't acknowledge it. Oh, which he, is terrible. He yeah. didn't even, yeah, didn't yeah. even say anything about it. Yeah, and you know, yeah. did, did you notice that that Canada was completely, completely, one hundred percent absent from the Queen's Jubilee? Like, I personally don't. No, care. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but I, I personally don't care about about the royals. Like, I don't follow that stuff. But yeah. it's our country, yeah. you know. Like, that's that's it's our tradition. Yeah, it's our culture. Yeah. If if we ever had yeah, yeah. one, right? And and we were absolutely absent. Absolutely absent. Yeah. Nothing to do with it because I guess it has something to do with our colonial past. I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah. Know. 
Yeah, well, it's my first time. It's my first time watching your stream. It's very interesting. Uh, I like uh, I like your subjects, and uh, yeah, keep it up. What's your What's your name? Actually, I don't know. Sorry, man. Uh, my name's Pete, and uh, this Pete, one's for you. Right on. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I appreciate you yeah. you watching. Yeah, I'm enjoying no- it. Normally, I'm enjoying it, buddy. We're not normally this wordy. I try and get through the subjects a little faster. I'm all faster. right with words. Yeah, cool, I'm man. all right with words. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. What did you say your name was? Uh, Mad Cowboy. Mad Cowboy. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. I appreciate all the right, call. Buddy. All right, have a good one. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Kay. That's the Mad Cowboy. Mad Cowboy. Hey, if you become a return caller over and over, I make intros for you. It's something I do. Uh... So what we're going to do is we're going to kick off Patriarchy Month next. Uh, So one second. The left's organization is in part due to their collectivism. That's very true. That is... uh that's conservation over uh, conservationists over out in the Discord. Uh, also, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can jump in the Discord as well. We use the voice chat, and the links are over on tofutv.ca. Patriarchy Month starts next. Hey, I know what you're thinking. I'm a super chill cat, and you know what? You're right. You could be a super chill cat by sharing the show tofutv.ca with your friends. Tune in Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah.
this one's for you. It's the show for you. T-O-F-U-T-V.ca. We're going late tonight. We're going late tonight. It's all right. You can call me up. 705-482-5609. It's time. It is time for Patriarchy Month. If you have anything to add to the conversation, it's time for you to call up. Talking about family traditions. Do you have any unique family traditions? We had somebody call in, say uh, he was, normally he likes to call his dad who was at the beach of Normandy. And now that this is going on, it kind of, you know, kind of gets to him, which is interesting. Interesting, you know. So do you have any traditions you want to share? People come from all different walks of life. If you were listening earlier, have you considered the Benedict option? I know a guy who took his family and moved out to the wilderness. He lives on an island in the middle of nowhere and they're roughing it, but they're doing well. How have you protected yourself or your family from the circus around you? Ooh, we got a 647 caller. Caller, you're on the air. Who's this? This is Mike. How's Mike. it going, Pete? What's going on, Mike? What's going on? Oh, another day in paradise. Yeah, I have traditions uh, with, uh, with family for sure, you know, drinking beer, cutting down trees, yeah. eating good food, Yeah, you know, hunting, fishing, Yeah, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, just helping each other out and helping everybody you can help out around you. And that's, that's the, the important thing, right? Because like right now, if, if like a family like yours, you know, if something happens, you guys are, you're prepared. You're, you understand how to work together because you have tradition. You have a a way that like your, your parents, parents, parents told them how to function, who told them how to function and then eventually told you how to function. So you have a, a system that when the shit hits the fan, like for me, we're going to make my family, we're going to make a bunch of what's called pasta fagiola. Okay. I'm Italian. And what that is, is it's uh, pasta with beans basically. And it takes very little to make. Like you can make this with very little ingredients, but it's going to keep you full. It's going to keep you full. And there you go. That's a tradition that came from the depression that is going to, it's going to help us out in the future. And like you said, you know, getting together, drinking beer and cutting down, cutting down trees and stuff like that. You know, that's going to, that's going to help you out in the, in the Canadian winters, if there's a gas shortage or something like that. So thanks for the call, man. Thanks. Anything else you want to add or. Yeah, I think we should all, uh, we may not be own firearms, but, uh, uh, we should definitely learn about them. And, uh, I preach safety and teaching, uh, uh, the kids how to uh, operate firearms of all different types and mm-hmm. respect them and be safe and all that. So that's very important too. But I mean, also uh, survival is interesting too. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, if you sweat, if you're out in the winter time and you sweat, that could kill you. So just stuff like that and how to, uh, you know, be safe uh, out there if you ever do go out in the wilderness. And uh, yeah, we just got to keep tradition alive and not allow these... Uh, these funny people that are trying to, to mess with uh, with the people, we, we can't allow this. That's all I'm going to say. No, I agree. I agree. And thank you very much for the call, Mike. I appreciate it. You have a great night, all right? 
You too. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you. This one's for you, Mike, and he's 100% correct. If you teach your kids to respect firearms, to respect survival, well, guess what will happen? If you're not there, when they need to function around things like that, uh, under those circumstances, they're going to be set up. I'm going to shut down the phone line because we have to do this, all right? We have to do this. It's Patriarchy Month. Patriarchy Month. Patriarchy Month. There you go. Patriarchy Month. All right, so I have some great submissions for Patriarchy Month. I did a a thread on freecanada.win. If you haven't already signed up for freecanada.win, I would recommend that you do. Do a lot of interacting through freecanada.win. And so I told a few people that I would include their submissions. So let's do this. This is from Carl. And she posted this on Saturday night. She has the best dad in the whole world. I'm pretty sure everybody else thinks that as well. (laughs) But I bet you to you, your father is the best dad in the whole world. And that's the best thing. He taught me everything I know about politics and the actual world around me. He fully shaped my worldview, and he also lurks in these chats. Well, hey, Dad. Hey, you're the best, Dad. (laughs) So we talk about all you autists. I always thought my mom was saying artist. I I thought she was telling me I was was an artist. She was saying, Pete, you're such an artist. (laughs) He gave me... None dare I call it a conspiracy. I guess that's a book. So he gave her a book when he uh, when she was 17. And then book after book since, he took her to Metallica, which I promptly got kicked out of. Avatar shined down and let her mosh pit at almost every single concert until she got pregnant. Encouraged Carly, Carl to... Returned to law school telling me it would be cowardly not to fight back in whatever way I could. Despite him having no faith in the system, I know he knows I need to try. I'm telling you I got the best dad in the world. Happy Father's Day and happy Patriarchy Month. Happy Patriarchy Month to you and your father, Carl. And this one's from Psycho Doodoo. I'd like to thank my mom for all the plant and gardening knowledge she imparted to me. I'd like to thank my dad, while him being hugely distant, teaching me self-sufficiency and basic construction, as well as problem-solving. Figure it out. Works great when dad is Superman and you surprise him with your solution. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I could really relate to that. I learned how to fix boo-boos and that not all boo-boos need mom's kissing. That's the truth. But I really like that first point you made, you know. I, my stepdad, my father passed away when I was four, four years old. And my stepdad, he's been around since I was six. And a lot of, a lot of the way that he, uh, he taught me was figure it out. When I didn't know how to spell something, they're going to laugh right now. There's a dictionary in the office. (laughs) And then from Say My Name. 
Every day should be Father's Day. All kids need a strong man in their life to guide them through adulthood appropriately. Love you, motherfuckers. <laughs> the best motherfuckers. <laughs> we have the best motherfuckers. And we need to encourage good, respectable motherfuckers to be good, respectable motherfuckers. Thanks to my dad. This is from Big Hot Baconizer. Thanks to my dad who has been, who has passed away uh, 13 years ago. We only saw each other twice a month when I was growing up, but you taught me how to change oil, how to change a tire, how to stand up to bullies, and how to not put pussy on a pedestal. And that doesn't mean to replace it with a couple trannies like they did at that bike race earlier, but to, to not glorify women just for the fact that they have vagina. At least, at least look to their character. That is a big thing. Rest in peace to your father. And then to uh, Nicole, to Nicole. Her dad was great, but he got Parkinson's before she uh, really understood how cool he was. Died a decade ago, uh, his body in 2018. I'm really sorry to hear that. And like I said, you know, my father, he passed away when I was young. And, and it's interesting because, you know, something about dads, Something about dads is even in their absence, they manage to teach you. Structure, stability, you know, stuff like that. It's all very important. I spent some time with uh, both my stepdad and my, and my grandfather yesterday cleaning up my, my 93-year-old grandfather's backyard. And, you know, something about that. Something about that doing what's right just because it's what's right to do it's something a father can teach you and if you have any fatherly advice or any lessons to impart on us please leave them in the chat in the comments below or you can hit up freecanada.win and uh join the post there i'm gonna sticky it again in a couple days they gave me mod power there which is pretty awesome I'm a mod on freecanada.win i've never been a mod before anyways Big shout-outs to everybody in the chat. I'd like to thank you guys for sticking around. We got Mercer, Patriot Kaz, thank you very much. Kirk, Johnston, Agent Josie, Jerubal, Foam, Foam Fatal, Zadul, and Jason. Thank you, Johnson. Thank you. Great family stories there let's see anybody in the discord got abob conservationist and julius squeezer thank you guys that's it for tonight it's been a bit of a long one i get it an hour and a half right on the dot that's good that's good it's a healthy show not too long not too short this one's for you <laughs>